could be a principal. He's like, yeah, why couldn't you be a principal? Well, I'm an art teacher. Who said, yeah, art teachers can't be principals? Huh. Huh. So I walked out and I decided I'm going to look at administrators. I'm going to really study administrators, who they are, what they're like, what things they do. And I really studied administrators and I came to realize I don't like administrators. I didn't like any of them. I didn't think that, I thought they weren't creative, they weren't risk takers, they were they were stiff, they had this persona that you had to be this old guy or this old lady and informal. And, and so I realized I didn't like administrators, so you know what? That's just what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna be the administrator who is creative thinks differently, who takes chances, who who can do those. I think I can balance that. So that was my Oedipus. I was going to be the different kind of administrator. And that, that, that's what got me into educational leadership. It's the Empowerment Perspective Podcast, hosted by Demiso Josie and Mr. Kareem Spence. Stay in power. Stay in power. All right, welcome to yet another episode of the Empowerment Perspective Podcast. I go by the name of Dr. Demiso A. Josie alongside... Spencer's here. And... Jamie. How is everybody doing? Um, last time we talked, we had Yarell Riley on. We were talking about vibes and vibrations and mm-hmm. really how to connect with people. Um, I just want to want to do a wellness check to make sure everybody's going up because you know these numbers are going up. So I just want to make sure everybody's okay. How you doing, Mr. Peck? I'm good, but I guarantee you this though, right? I see somebody sneeze, cough, even like touch that nose and put my mask on right away. I'm not playing with nobody. This is true. My office today, they had a sneeze fest. I shut my door. I was like, my door is never shut in my office. Mm-hmm. I was like, I heard a bunch of sneezes. Let me shut this door. <laughs> I don't want none of this craziness going on here. I hear somebody sneeze. I need to name names. Like, who's that? I need to know exactly who you are so I can point you out early because, again, I'm a mandatory reporter. I have no problem with calling the, calling the governor and be like, hey, listen, we got one. Got you, got you. Jamie, how you doing? I'm doing well. I'm paying attention to who's in school and who's not in school. I do the COVID count whenever I'm there. I walk around the building and I have a list. So I'm keeping track on everyone. Got you. Now, just to change the subject a little bit, off air, we were talking about your culinary skills a little bit. I'm just trying to understand this concept of, I I really don't think you could cook. I can cook. I just don't enjoy cooking. I can. My kids are not starving. I just don't enjoy it. Listen, I'm not saying that your kids don't eat. I'm just saying what they eat is a possibility that might not be good what they're eating. Like, basically. Okay. It's good. It's good. See, you still got the Christmas tree up in the background, too. We're ready. Santa Claus is coming. <laughs> Listen, I'll say this. Yeah. If there's a chunky guy that show up in a red suit, best believe you should be calling somebody because that's scary. <laughs> that's funny. As I mentioned before, we had Yurel Riley on. Uh, mm-hmm. What you think about that podcast? Listen, Yurel is my guy, man. He, he always brings positive energy into any type of we only met him like cross zoom he always bring positive energy um you know and I, I think that just watching you guys and being like a quasi mentor to him 
definitely helped him be able to develop into the young man that he's in now, that he is now. But he's he's an awesome guy. Awesome, Jamie. What are your thoughts on that podcast? I like how he he makes you stop and look around and appreciate you know what's there in that moment, especially in the times that we're living in. I think it's important to do that. That's not what you said. No, hold on, Miso. That's not what you said. <laughs> you said you said that. Does he have a sticky, icky flown in the air? That's what you said. He was like, what is that? <laughs> no, that's incense. This is how you know she's never been to the hood. That's incense all day. That, that must have been a conversation between the two of y'all off air, because I don't remember that conversation. <laughs> this is a rated G podcast. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, that was funny. But today, I have a, um, we have a special guest on. Um, with the Empowerment Perspective Group, we always talk about the, the importance of networking mm-hmm. and building up your network. Um, I belong to a black um, administrators group in South Jersey. Um, and I think that was the first time I, I was introduced to the brother that we're going to have on. Um, but I did some digging, um, of course. And um, when you talk about somebody uh, in the field of educational leadership, when you talk about how to develop uh, climate and culture in your school. And we're mm-hmm. going to broaden this conversation to include other industries as well. Um, this is definitely somebody um, who knows exactly what they're doing. He's on point. Um, I'm going I'm to say this. I'm going I'm to I'm verify by this, is that I watched some of his things. I was like, yo, that's some of the stuff that I'm doing. I don't know whether I stole it from him or, or whatever. I said he stole it from I don't know what happened. But <laughs> I was like, we think exactly the same here. So, um He's definitely a, a blessing to educators. Um, I had a, a, I was a fortunate, I was fortunate enough to sit on a panel that we had some future educators um, in the um, uh, what do you call it, the alternate route program um, here in New Jersey. Um, so I had the the opportunity to see the up and coming educators, um, and, he, and he was leading the class. So his influence um, has definitely spread not only throughout the South Jersey area. This is how petty I am, is that mm. I seen him at the Innovative School Summit on the Billboard too, and I was like, oh, I'm on the same, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the same conference as him. So I, it lets me know that at least I'll know what I'm doing is <laughs> is right. But um, i like to introduce everybody to Steve Bowler. Steve, how are you doing, sir? Hey, I'm doing good, gang. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. I appreciate this, man. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for being on. What if- um, First and foremost, how's everything going in your personal world in terms of COVID? How are you maintaining how, you know, mental health and everything that's going on right now that in, in, in COVID? Uh, we're doing, I'm doing okay. Um, I, I'm doing real well. You know, I'm covering up. I'm, I'm following the rules, man. And if people aren't doing the rules, you know, I stay clear of them. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm telling my family and, you know, I'm fortunate. I'm, uh, I'm six foot seven. So all that COVID stuff is down here. Y'all, y'all, y'all breathing down here. I'm up here with the good air. So I'm, I'm, I'm all right. Yeah, you, you little people, you, you, y'all can keep sick down there all you want. So wait, 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 wait a minute. Steve. Are you saying that COVID is a little people's disease? Is that what you think? A little people's virus? Uh, I'm just saying I'm up here. That's all I'm saying. So I'm they, my breathing air is different. So Jamie, it'll take about three of you before you can get to that point. You have to leave now, Steve. Like that was it. I can tell you guys like to have a good time, so I'm just dropping that on y'all. Absolutely, That's all. absolutely. But um, I do want to dig into um, educational leadership, but just to give our audience a little bit of background on how, let's start with why, because we're big on the why here, the department perspective, like why did you get into education in the first place? 
Um, why did I get into education anyway? Well, <clears throat> I, I never, I really didn't think I was going to be an educator. Um, I was uh, in high school. I was, I'm an artist. I, I draw, I paint. Um, and when I was in high school, I thought that I was going to be a commercial artist. I was going to go into art. I was going to make money in art. I was going to make art for people. Um, I didn't want to do fine arts because fine arts, you just a struggling artist. I wanted to have a job. Mm. So uh, my thought was, is I'll go, I'll be a commercial artist. I'll make advertisements, whatever it is. Um, and then when I was in high school, I played basketball. I didn't play basketball in college, but I played in, in, in high school and I had a basketball hoop outside of my house. So one day, I, I, the day I was going to apply for a college, I said, my mom, I'm going to apply for the college. I'm going to go outside. I'm going to shoot some hoops. When I come in, we're going to apply. She says, all right. So I go outside, I shoot around. Two kids, I lived in a cul-de-sac, so I had two kids that rode their bike that came up the street. They're like seven, eight years old or whatever. They're like, hey, can we play? I'm like, yeah, yeah, come on. Y'all can play. Y'all can play. So I said, the two of you versus me, one hand behind my back. I took a little rock, made a little mark on the ground. I can't shoot past here. Man, we had a blast. We were playing for like two hours. I, mean, I went inside, got some Coke, sat on the curb. It could have been a commercial, right? <laughs> and so... Once we were done, I come in the house. I said to my mom, you know, mom, I think I might want to be a teacher. And my mom was like, oh, thank God. I was like, what? She's like, oh, yes. I'm like, what do you mean? She says, you're a teacher. You've always been a teacher. You are a counselor in school. Whenever kids come around, you talk to them. You're in charge of people. You are a teacher. That's who you are. And I was just like, Really? She says, yes. I was worried you're going to go to school and not, you know, fall into what you're meant to be. I'm like, why didn't you tell me? She said, because you, <laughs> you a 17 year old kid. He ain't going to listen, mm -hmm. you know? You know, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't have listened. You told me that. No, you can't tell me nothing. So, you know, I didn't think I wanted to do that. Then my dad came home from work and my dad, my mom's like, tell your dad what you want to do. I said, dad, I want to be a teacher. He said, oh, thank goodness. I said, you too. He was like, yes, I, I was going to waste my money and <laughs> you did it at school. So that, that's what did it for me, man. I just, I had a good time with kids. It's always been my destiny. And thank goodness I went outside to shoot some hoops and I realized it, you know, so that, that's, that's how I got into it. That's why I got into education. That's awesome. Like we always talk about um, recognizing what you're gifted at and, and, and mm -hmm. really leaning into that gift. And I, I find yeah. it interesting that someone was able to open that light for you at an early age. And this is what I try to tell educators all the time is that we have to try to open the gates for these kids as early as possible and recognizing some of their qualities so that they can recognize their gifts a little bit earlier so that they can begin to lean into, in, into those things. Yeah. Kareem, as a, as a guidance counselor, like how, walk us through a little bit of that process of how you can find a gift in, in, in your students. He's not there. Oh, he dropped oh, out. He Kareem did not pay his uh, internet, but we're going to keep it moving. So I'm sure he's going, he'll bounce back in here. So this is, his internet is being petty. So um, Jamie, I'll throw that question to you. You're a special education teacher. You got students inside of your classroom. Like what, what's some of the things that teachers can do to kind of find the gift in, in, in their students? I think that you have to get to know students from the first day they're in front of you. So instead of jumping right into the curriculum and what you're going to teach, you need to spend a week, two weeks, however much time it takes to really get to know your students. And I have to be honest, that's my favorite part 
of being a teacher. I know how to teach, mm -hmm. but I love talking to my students and getting to know them first. And once I do that, I can teach you whatever you need to learn throughout the school year, but I can also guide you in that process. It makes perfectly good sense. Now, Steve, you, you, you went on this journey to be an educator. Why educational leadership, though? Like, once you, 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 um, you've been in the classroom, you, you yeah. affected the lives of, of children, what was it that made you say, you know what, I think I want to be an educational leader? Yeah, you're not going to believe this one. Um, so I was an art teacher. I, I was an artist, so I taught art. I taught art pre-K to third grade art. You don't see too many six foot seven black guys teaching pre-K to third grade art in Lawrenceville. So if anybody know about Lawrenceville, it's the town right next to Princeton. Mm. My school was right across the street from Lawrenceville Prep, one of the most prestigious private schools in the country. So that's where I was. So I'm teaching art. It was about year three or four, about year four, maybe year five. I get an observation from my principal. It was a good observation. He brings me in. We have our post-observation conversation. After the conversation's over, I'm getting my stuff, getting ready to go. He says, Steve, hold on. I said, yeah. He says, are you going back to school to get your, your master's? I said, nah, I, I, no, I'm, I don't think so. He says, go back and get your master's. Go back and get something. He said, I don't care what it is, but I'm just giving you some, some advice. Dr. Gray, he's a good man. Mm. He says, get, some, get, get your master's in something. I said, I, I have no idea what to get my master's in. I don't want to get my master's in art. I mean, mm. I just, I don't. And he's like, well, it could be in education. It could be in you know, improving your teaching. You, you, you could be a principal. What? I could be a principal. He's like, yeah, why couldn't you be a principal? Well, I'm an art teacher. Who said, yeah, art teachers can't be principals? <laughs> huh. Huh. So I walked out and I decided I'm going to look at administrators. I'm going to really study administrators, who they are what they're like, what things they do. And I really studied administrators and I came to realize I don't like administrators. <laughs> I didn't like any of them. I didn't think that, I thought they weren't creative. They weren't risk takers. They were, they were stiff. They had this persona that you had to be this old guy or this old lady and you'd formal. And, and so I realized I didn't like administrators. So you know what? That's just what I'm going to do. I'm going to be the administrator who is creative, who thinks differently, who takes chances, who, who can do those. I think I can balance that. So that was my Oedipus. I was going to be the different kind of administrator. And that, that, that's what got me into educational leadership. It's interesting you should say that because I kind of had the same view of edu uh, leaders. Because um, it was kind of like, you know, that was a guy with a suit on. He was in, in his office. He came out maybe here or there. First of all, right. he half the time that I, my, I had the, this vision in my head. Um, but then I was like, you know, what, I kept questioning myself, like, what do these people really do on a day-to-day -day basis that connects with children and community? Um, of course, you saw the observations and things of that nature. It wasn't until I actually got into the space where I was like, well, there's a lane for me over here. Kind of like, yo, I could be creative over here. I want to bring something different over here and, and try the different things. I looked at leadership, educational leadership as a big science project at first. Yeah. I'm going to try it, you know, analyze the data. It worked. It didn't work. Let's move over here. Let's try certain things. Um, when you got into the position the first time, explain that experience. Was it what you were expecting? 
Um, what did you learn that first year in education? Because a lot of we did across a lot of educators, and they want to get into ed educational leadership. And I said I could describe it for you, but until you feel it yourself, you're not really going to know how that. Yeah. So explain that first year. Well, it was it was kind of, it was weird in that I don't really count my first year as my first year. Um, I was the art teacher. The supervisor of visual performing arts in the district got let go. So they hired me into the position, but I still had to teach less, teach classes. So it was like I was double dipping for the remainder of the year. It was right from, from like the end of February until June, I was doing both. So I really didn't understand the real feeling of what it was. I just felt like I had a lot of work to do, you know. And they invited me into meetings where I could sit down and look around, you know. It, then I left there. And I went and I got my first vice principal's position. That's that's when I that's when I got dipped into it. Mm. You know, it was like the one thing that I think was the biggest switch or the twist for me was looking holistically, looking big picture. Because as a teacher, you don't see big picture. Mm. You just don't. And when you're a vice principal or principal, you see big picture how what's happening in sixth grade can actually affect what's going on in, in eighth grade and how this one parent can actually affect what's going on with multiple parents so you know everybody has those individual little situations in their own classrooms their own grade levels but that was that was a big eye-opener for me is to see the holistic view of things um and being an assistant principal you deal with discipline first and everything like that and one of the things that I did in my office, um, I rearranged my office. Being an art teacher, I took my desk and I pushed it up against the side wall. I brought in a little, little tiny coffee table, mm -hmm. put it in my office. I brought a rug, put it down in my office. And I, I angled the chairs like a little living room. And my principal came in and was like, what, what are you doing in here? I said, I'm setting up my office. She's your vice principal. You need to have your desk so the kids are on the other side. I said, why? Mm. She says, you need to establish yourself as an authority figure. And that desk is that barrier that allows it to do that. And I said, well, with all due respect, I'm a six foot seven black man. <laughs> authority ain't a problem with me. And she's being a short white woman as she was, she was like, duly noted. <laughs> and so I, but the reason for, me doing my office that way was, it, I, I remembered why I got into this. I wanted to do it differently. Mm -hmm. And my success was outrageously better because kids who came in, who were in trouble came down and we sat around a table mm -hmm. and we talked, even if they're in trouble. They would say, how do you get this out of the kids? Because I'm not sitting behind a desk pointing at them. Absolutely. I'm sitting with them. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, as far as, I mean, trust me, it's a big birth into policy, compliance, organization, which doesn't work for me. I was a hug a tree art person, you know. I had to learn that. That was difficult. But um, yeah, I had to do it my own way. It I just speaks to what we talk about, how education being 90% relationship built. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, that's what we're, we're doing. And I'm kind of the same way. If you walk in my office, right. I have two chairs behind but I usually sit next to the, the, the student. I'm never in my, my seat. 
um, right. unless I absolutely have to because there's more than one kid in the, in the office, whatever. But building that rapport as an educational leader is super duper important. Not only with your kids, but with your staff as well. Yeah. Oh, Being yeah. able to develop that is important. Talk about that. How did you go, your experience in terms of going from the classroom to now working with teachers. So you were a teacher. Now you, you take that experience as an educational leader. And it, I guess just what's some of the things that someone that's new to the game, could they do to help bridge that um, that gap? I guess not a gap. I shouldn't say the word gap. But that transition. That. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the things thinking back, because, dude, man, I've been, I've been in this administrative game for a long time. But um, one of the things I kept saying to myself is don't forget where you came from. Don't forget what it's like being a teacher. Don't forget. Don't forget. And being around a lot of administrators, old school administrators, too, by the way, um, they gave a very authoritative stance. And I kept thinking, as a teacher, I didn't like that. And so I, I tried to always try to remember what it felt like to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. You know, even if I had to discipline someone or even if I had to talk to somebody or even if I had to, you know, come down hard or something like that. And it was a few times that I'm like, all right, I got to do that. Let me try it that way. And every time I tried it that way, it didn't work right. Or it, it, felt, it felt wrong. Mm. I had a situation one time, at, I was a VP. I was looking out the, out the window and the phys ed teacher was out on the field and he was, it looked like he was, he was giving, he was raising sand on them kids. It looked like it. And I was just like, Oh, what's that about? You know, it just didn't look right out there. And I was ready to go out there. Then I got called in the walkie and I'm like, ah, I gotta go. So later on, I went to my, my principal and I was like, yeah, yeah. He was out there. It looked like he was raising sand on them kids and this, that, and He's got to stop that. You need to do a letter. Da, da, da. I'm like, but no, I, I don't know. I don't know what really happened. You know, I need to, I need to talk. No, you do it. And she told me, get this letter, discipline, everything like that. So I'm like, all right, well, okay, I'm new. You know, it's what have to happen. I did the letter, sent it to him. And like, I saw him in the hallway and he's like viciously angry and everything like that. And wouldn't talk to me and everything. And so eventually I, a couple of weeks went by, I went to him and I said, do we, you know, what's going on? And he's just like, that letter. He says, we were coming up with chants. The kids were, each team had their own chant. Mm -hmm. And the one kid, the group had a chant and I was yelling at them to keep the, the, I was learning their chants. And you didn't even find out, you didn't even talk to me. And I was just like, it was a big eye opener. Like, Steve, you gotta do it your way. Right. You, this, the old school way is not it, mm -hmm. you know, so. Yeah. You know, that, that's one thing is you, you slipping into this, this thing. Don't forget where you came from. Understand your position of, of authority. You are. But don't forget your background. Don't forget what's going on. People are people. You know what I mean? So, Jamie, what do you look for as a teacher in, in terms of your educational leader? What are some of the qualities that you would want as a teacher from your educational leader? I mean, I, I, so I look at the relationship that my administrators are able to have with children and see if they're similar to the relationships that I'm able to have with my students as well. Um, I know that just like administrators have to remember that they were teachers, teachers have to remember that they were also children once as well. So we have to be able to put ourselves in each other's shoes. So that's one of the first things that I'm looking at. Do they understand where I'm coming from and why I'm creating the type of relationships that I'm creating with my students? 
Makes sense. Kareem, coming from the counseling perspective, what, what was your idea of, a, of an administrator? It's because I'm in the middle and I've always been caught like in the middle. Um, so on one half, you want to advocate for the student. The other half, you want to advocate for the teacher. The other half, you want to advocate for the administrators. And the other half, you, there's so many halves, you want to like, you want to advocate for the community as well. Because, you know, like Steve said, you, you know when it just doesn't feel right. And you know that there's a little bit more behind the story before they go into, you know, student code of conduct. You know, you have this gut feeling like, nah, don't feel right. And I'll even bring you into my example when little girl decides she's going to ride her bike to school. It just didn't like feel right to say that it's wrong, like for her to go above and beyond instead of giving her a certificate of saying that you're awesome for riding your bike to school when everybody else would just stay home. We like, yeah, we're going to keep your bike. And on top of that, we're going to suspend you for like three days. So the place that you want to be at, you can't come at anymore. We're going to suspend you because we don't think that you belong here because you go above and beyond, like Steve was saying, you go above and beyond. So no, you don't really belong here. So he's going to keep you home, even though you want to be here. So, so for me, it's like being caught up in the middle, but at the same time, trying to figure out if I can start peeling back some layers and even get the administrator to take the hat off. And like Jamie said, just be a regular person and just listen. Right. I usually rest on the fact that can I go home at night thinking that I did what was right for those kids. Like that particular student, she was suspended mm -hmm. for something. She decided to ride her bike back to school because she didn't feel safe at home. Mm -hmm. So here I was on a level feeling guilty of I knew that the home life wasn't right. I'm mm -hmm. trying to follow the book and what, you know, the higher administrators telling me to do. I send a girl home. She rides her bike back to school. And then the administrator <laughs> wanted me to discipline her more for riding the bike. I said, I'm not doing it. I said, at some point I have to, you got to understand that there's a humanistic element to this. There's a reason. I always say behavior is a symptom, right? It's not the cause, right? We're not, the, the riding the bike back to school was a symptom. It's, it's let me know that there was something else going on and the reason why she decided to ride that bike back to school. Unless as a ministry, you start digging beyond those things, you're going to just, you know, policy this, policy that, and and for me, I can't operate like that. It eats, it eats at me so much. So it's really difficult to, to navigate those waters sometimes. Um, so Steve, how do you, you someone that's new in, edu in educational leadership, they have this moral dilemma. Like, are you telling them right now, like you, they don't have tenure, so they got to kind of follow the, you know, mm -hmm. the blueprint. How do you tell them to navigate those spaces? Yeah, that, that's, that's, that can be toiling on your soul on who you are because it goes against what you believe um my one of my so there's a few of experiences that i've had that are people that were above me you know administratively my job that i completely dis disagreed with what was being said um one of the things that you need to do is you need to be bold enough to say something um one of the things that i speak on quite a bit is integrity I, I talk a lot about integrity because to me, integrity is a set of beliefs, values, and actions that others can depend on. All right. Integrity is not what you say or do when no one's looking. No, it's what you say or do when everybody's looking. A belief, values, and actions that you can depend on. So therefore, one way 
that you can maintain a high level of integrity is to speak up for what you believe in. Because if it's a set of beliefs, values, and actions that you can depend on, you can depend that I'm going to say something. Now, there's a right way to speak up and there's a wrong way to speak up. There is. But you need to say something because that goes to your integrity. People will in time depend on you saying, this is what I believe, this is what I think. So therefore, if you are in a position where you're not the, the person of authority, but someone's above you in authority, and you disagree with what's being said or being done, if there's time to do so, you need to pull someone aside and say, I'm just letting you know I disagree. I don't think that this is right. I don't know if this is necessary. We had a situation, I was a vice principal at this, my first administrative position. We had this grandfather that was, everybody was like, oh, this grandfather, this grandfather, he's always up in his place, he's always complaining, this, that, and the other. So it was one time that he brought his grandson back to school after school was over. And he's like, I'm going down to that classroom and taking this boy to that classroom so he can get this work done. And the teacher, principal's like, you're not going anywhere. You're not trespassing in this building. And grandpa, he got old, he's old school. He was hot. He said, I need to get into that classroom before the teacher, uh, before the teacher leaves. And everybody was up in arms. And she's like, I need him out of here, Steven. Get him out of here. And I'm like, I don't agree. She looked at me like, what? I said, I disagree. I think we should take him to the classroom. Why would you do that? Did you ask him why he wants to go to the classroom? He said why. He wants to get there before the teacher ends. Why? His grandson's been failing. The boy's been lying about doing his work. He wants to get him back in the classroom before the teacher leaves so he can get some help. Grandpa don't have a cell phone. He wants to get in there and get whatever's on the board before he leaves. You gotta, you, you gotta say something. If you don't say anything, that grandfather probably, you know, that situation would have never happened. I know that you're not in a position of authority. I wasn't in a position of authority, but I needed to say something. Cause just like Kareem said, it doesn't sit well with your soul. Something's not right. And I said before, there's a right way to speak up and there's a wrong way to speak up. Figure out the right way to say something. That's how I say it. That's absolutely 100% true. I want to transition a little bit because mm -hmm. I've seen some videos of yours with ideas, ideas, ideas. It seems like I've been getting hit with emails every other day with ideas. And I'm just like, he's got some great ideas there. But talk about that, that concept and, and what you were doing with that and, and how people can find those things. And we're going to talk about the book in a second too, but um, okay. let's talk about the ideas, ideas, ideas. All right. So, <clears throat> So I, I love ideas. I love going to conferences, getting ideas, learning new ways to do it. Everybody likes that, right? So I, I've been going to this one conference. Um, to be honest with you, I've been going to this conference every summer for the last 20 years. This summer, I didn't go because of COVID. It's the first time I missed it in 20 years. So this one conference called the Johnson's Renaissance National Conference, it's a conference all about school culture and climate, and it has tons of different ideas people share openly. So I, early on when I first started going, like year one, two, and three, I'd leave with a booklet full of these great ideas. Mm -hmm. And we all know how that go. We get these ideas, we come back, we put the book down, and nothing happens to it, right? Yeah. So 
I guess about year three or so, I go back and I'm just like, I picked up the same booklet I had from the previous year. And I'm like, oh man, all these ideas. And I'm like, wait a second. All these ideas that I'm hearing, some of them go with me, some of them don't go with what I'm doing. You know, I'm going to collect as many ideas as I can and I'm, I'm going to see how many ideas I can get. And so I started just, every idea I could think of, I was just filling up notebook after notebook after notebook. And then I said, you know what? I'm sick and tired of having these notebooks. I'm going to start doing this stuff. So I forced myself to do it. Some of the things fell flat on their face. Some things didn't. But how are you going to know unless you try? Mm -hmm. And so then I started thinking, what makes a good idea? And I started breaking that down. And so I created a, uh, I went back to that conference and I created a, a breakout session called Ideas, Ideas, Ideas. And all I did is I said, look, y'all, these aren't all my ideas. These are the ideas I've been collecting for the last six years. I put it in a PowerPoint and I just started rattling them off and I'm good at presenting. <laughs> and then I started putting in more of my ideas. And then I started explaining how, what makes a good idea. I mean, I really studied, I read books. I looked at, I got obsessed with what makes a good idea. I could have made that, wrote that book made to stick. Mm -hmm. I mean, I got obsessed on how, what makes a great idea. So then I, I, I turned into becoming the idea guy. Um, and then I kept going back to this conference year after year after year doing this ideas breakout session. They came one year, they called me and they said, Steve, um, we got a problem. I said, what's that? Um, whenever you have your idea session, nobody else wants to do a breakout during that time. Cause everybody comes to your session. And I'm like, yeah, you know, <laughs> and so they said, could you, could you do your idea session from the main stage? You'll be the mid-conference keynote. Yes, I can. He said, that way everybody can get it and we don't have to compete against you with everybody else. And then just when I was about to hang the phone up, I said, oh, one more thing. They were like, yeah. Would you guys be interested in turning this into a book? Yes. They said it that fast. Yes, we would love that. Because the company is Jostens. Jostens, what do they do? Caps, gowns, rings, yearbooks. They make books. So it popped in my head, ask them. So I did. What are they going to say? If they say no, so what? Back where I was. Open your mouth. They said yes. And that was, I remember the date. It was, eight, it was um, no, it was May, May 13th. And they said, you have to have the book completed and done by June 13th. Yep, I'll do it. I, I, I worked my tail off, had that joker done June 13th, pushed the button. It was at that conference that summer, published, ready to go July 13th. So that's how the ideas, ideas, ideas came about. It's just, I, I collect ideas. I love ideas. And now I know the formula of what makes a good idea. So when things come up, I can come up with an idea that will work. So a couple of things you said that kind of, that resonated with me and I had a conversation with a colleague the other day about um, educators reading that you need to you need to be yeah. if, if you're not an, if you're an educator you're not reading constantly and trying to dive into something I don't understand why you're doing it in, in the first place yeah. so you definitely need to uh, make sure that you, you are researching whatever it is that you're interested in 
The other thing that resonated with me is something that we did with the Empowerment Perspective Group with the Innovative School Summit. And Kareem, you could we talk about it on previous seasons of podcast on how you petted your way into us getting to Atlanta <laughs> and doing all these things. But uh-huh. something that Steve said was like, you know, the, the answer is always going to be no unless you ask for it. Like, what's the worst that possibly could happen? Right. So Kareem, talk about that experience for our new listeners or how, oh. I mean, you know, we, we went down to Orlando, we, uh-huh. we presented there on um, Hip Hop 101, how to reach and teach today's hip hop generation. Then you somehow petted your way into getting us in, in, into Atlanta. Explain that process for our listeners real quick. Yeah, so it, it was a nice sunny day, about maybe 75 degrees outside, perfect <laughs> weather. Um, I woke up right side of bed, feeling good about myself. Um, you woke up, had black hoodie on. Darlene had black hoodie on. You know, you um, did what you always do. You went down and, and checked us in early, came back, little handbag and stuff like that. Um, Darlene had her little name tag. You had your name tag. And I realized on my black sweatshirt, something was missing. So when we were walking, you know, the sun was shining, hitting your name tag, hit Darlene's name tag, and I didn't have a name tag. So needed to say, I went and, and approached one of the gentlemen and ask them about my name tag because, you know, I'm used to going places and they don't have the name Kareem. I don't know if it's like a cultural thing that they don't want to agree with the name Kareem. He is only like the best basketball player ever to lead the league in scoring, but that's, that's never his podcast. All right, you, you a Lakers fan, I understand. Uh, yeah, and, and yes, and we rebuilding. Yes, come on, come on, Gasol. Good things happen when we get a Gasol. Okay, so I speak to, um, I can't even think of the guy's name, but I, I speak to him and, and I'm asking him, um, hey, what happened to my name tag? And he's like, um, I don't know. And I'm like, well, can we find out what happened to my name tag? Because if not, because at this time we had to pay. Mm. And I'm like, I'm not going to pay and I don't have a name tag. I need something free. So he calls boss. Boss shows up and boss is like, well, I don't know. Well, I'm like, how about this? We call it even. I won't get upset about my little speaker that they, I know somebody stole it down there, but I won't get upset about my speaker. I won't get upset about my name tag, but you got to give us Atlanta. And she was like, well, let me think about it. I said, okay, you got two minutes. Turn the clock on it. <laughs> and then I put my finger in the face and said, listen. <laughs> I don't know about that part. <laughs> well, give us Atlanta or we're going to shut the whole conference down. So that's how the story worked in my mind. Yes, sir. I think the key, though, for those of you trying to get into the speaking uh, space, too, mm-hmm. I know Kareem's messing around, too, but that mm-hmm. did happen, but they said mm-hmm. they want to come see our session. That yes. was the first time we actually were presenting there. Mm-hmm. We walked in the session. There was probably seven people in that session. Mm-hmm. So we were treated like there's a 1,000 people in there. So we mm-hmm. go in there, we, we present our, our, our thing, and then the director, actually, in the middle of our presentation, the director comes mm-hmm. in. I see the one director leave, but the big boss comes in. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, something's happening right now. So we were delivering it. And then um, at the end of that is when she said, you know, we want you guys to come to Atlanta. And then we mm-hmm. started formulating a relationship with them. Um, mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, the rest is pretty much history. We went to San Antonio. We brought Jamie on. Her being ex- extremely nervous the, the first time that, <laughs> that we were presenting down there. But um, those of you who want to get into that space, you, you have to be bold. Um, mm-hmm. Just like Steve said, you know, and he, he went out there and he made a suggestion and he kind of, you know, obviously your content has to be on fire yeah, too. That's, a, right. that's an important piece <laughs> too. But, um, but beyond that, your marketing mm-hmm. and then your networking and, and being bold to step outside of your comfort zone is, is a huge thing. 
Mm-hmm. Steve, I know you do motivational speaking too, and I know we have some um, people that follow that. Just briefly touch on that that industry and and, and how that how you know some I guess one or two tips on how to maneuver in that in that speaks. Okay, yeah, I um, yeah, I do a, a quite a bit of speaking. Actually, that's all I do now. Um, I was a building principal and superintendent. And now I speak, train, and consult full-time. That's all I do. Um, it's, uh, I was very fortunate that I can get that. Now, mind you, I was speaking and training consultant for 13 years as a building level and district level administrator before I stepped and did, did that. Um, 13, 14 years. Uh, so it's not something you can go out to, but it's totally possible. I mean, I... Um, Actually, I have a, a, a subset of my company called Within Our Ranks, and it's training for educators who want to speak professionally. You go to withinourranks.com, you'll see me right there. It's a whole training. It's just for educators. That's why I call it Within Our Ranks. And the whole piece of it is, is identifying, number one, what is your niche? What is your topic? What is your specialty? Because a lot of times you talk to people, it's like, oh, I talk on everything. Just stop, stop, pick it, pick something. What is it that, what do other people say you're good at? All right. What do other people want to go to you for? Pick that, run with that. All right. You could start off with going to conferences, put your, put the proposals in to do the breakout sessions. All right. Do the breakout sessions. Here's the big thing. When you're doing your breakout sessions, you're, 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 or you're just doing your um, PD in your own district, or you get to go to another district and do some PD. Number one thing, especially now you can do this very easily. Make up like a Google survey, whatever. Send that send it to your the uh, the meeting planner. And say, hey, I hope I did a great job. I put together this quick little survey. Would you mind giving it to all of your attendees in order for me to get some feedback? Now, this survey that you're sending, there's a couple reasons for this survey. Number one, you're going to get testimonials out of this, right? Because you got to market yourself. Because there's there's speaking, and then there's the business of speaking. All right, everybody wants to go and do speaking. There's still business to do to speaking. And number one way that you can really move your brand, move who you are with what you're doing is getting some quality testimonials. So you're sending out this survey. Some questions on the survey is what did you get? What was, what resonated with you during my speak? What, you know, what really uh, went well? And of course you put, what can I do better? But then the last question has to be, what else do you want to learn from me? And then you list everything else that you knew. All right, if you do three or four other things, you put it in there. Keynotes, breakout sessions, fireside chats, uh, um, what do you call it, virtual training. Now, what happens is, is one, they check off and now you know exactly what they want. And two, you've just advertised exactly what else you do to everybody. So that's the business of speaking. And now you have that information. You just take that information, you contact the meeting planner and you say, hey, thank you so much for sending that out. By the way, your people all said that they want me to come back and do this. Do you think it would make sense for us to have a conversation about making that happen? It's easy. It's not some cold call. It's not crazy sales, but that's the way you can do that. And it's so wonderful to get in front of people and you share what your thoughts are. You share what your experiences are. Um, I had a conversation just earlier today with a a lady. She's in California. She's a uh, specialist in emergency preparedness for schools, specifically for schools. And she is, was nervous beyond nervous to start sharing her information with other schools. She's like, I don't know what they're gonna think of me. 
honey, and this is for anybody who's out there, nobody can tell your story the way you can, right? Nobody can share that information the way that you can. You know, so even if you're, you, you're, you think that your content is the same thing as everybody else, and please make sure your content's good, okay? Please do. But the way that you present it, the way that you give that, that's the, that's the determining factor. And the way that I present, the way that I do things, plain and simple, I look at educational speaking, I look at professional speaking, I look at professional training and everything, and I look at everything that I don't like about it. And I just don't do that. That's, that's my formula. <laughs> All this stuff, because you, you think of professional development, Jamie, when you, Kareem, when you have PD at your school, what do everybody do? Oh, <laughs> oh. And why do they do that? It's boring. It don't pertain to me. It's, it's going, what else can I be doing? So all those things they hate, I just don't do. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that's what I say. So yeah, what I, try, are the things- I try to schedule meetings. That's what I try to do. <laughs> <Okay. See? laughs> that's funny. One of the things you talked about in that, in, in that motivational speaking thing is creating a brand for yourself. But I want mm-hmm. educational leaders also think about what's your brand as an educational leader. What are, what are the things that you're good in? What's the lane that you're going to be able to put yourself in? When your staff, when your community, when your, your students think of you, what is it that they are thinking about? Um, I think that's really, really important in, in developing your own brand and selling your brand as an educational leader as well. Um, like I'm a firm believer in relationships. So everything that I do is about relationship building. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I talk about undo every single day, not since COVID, but I, since I was in middle, the middle school assistant principal was giving every single student and staff member a fist bump every single morning, just mm-hmm. to say good morning. It lets me gauge the temperature of the building. I probably cut off 95% of my discipline by getting ahead of it, but being visible and being approachable and, 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 and leaning into that brand is, is putting me into some great um, spaces in terms of my staff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. One of the big things that I think all staff need to do, whether you're a teacher, administrator, whatever, you have the power to control your brand. Because mm-hmm. if you don't control it, somebody else will. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, you can be purposeful in your actions in order to make sure that people understand mm-hmm. what you're about. One of the things I did as a building principal at my one school is I would tell my teachers, first beginning of the year, after the first couple of years, they got used to me doing this. Beginning of the year, we all gave right together. I said, all right, list 10 things. Give me a list, write down a list right now of 10 things that are, that's interesting about you. 10 things. And we'd sit there in silence until you got your 10. <laughs> all right. We have 10 months of the school year. Once a month, you are going to send an email to all of your parents and telling them about one of those interesting things about you. Don't put in that email anything about anything about school. Don't put in there about an assignment. Don't put anything about there. Just, hey, hey, how you doing, parents? We have a weekend coming up. Hope everybody has a great weekend. I just want to share with you that when I was younger, I was a Girl Scout. And I made it to the top level of Girl Scouts. My children now are also in Girl Scouts, and I'm so proud of them. You guys have a great weekend. That's it. What does that do? That identifies you as a human being, mm-hmm. as a person. You are branding yourself in a way. Now, if you want to talk about something educationally or whatever like that, you do it once a month where there's no other agenda attached to it. That starts to build that brand. 
And now when the moms are out on the soccer field, the dads are at the baseball fields and everybody's out in the community, they're talking about you. He says, yeah, Mrs. Johnson, her daughters do, 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 do Girl Scouts and so do I. All of a sudden, when your parent is upset with you and they want to come in and have that conversation with you, what's the probability of them being as mad at you? Mm. Goes down a little bit, doesn't it? Mm. So I, I, I so believe what you're saying as it relates to, you know, that branding. Everybody can build their, build their brand. Absolutely. And I, they've been another suggestion that I do with my staff. We have uh, a venture club. And I actually started it in the building uh, that Kareem and Jamie work. So once a month, I pick an activity for the, for the staff to go to that they've probably never done before. And, you know, it's a Friday or Saturday. Sometimes families are invited. Sometimes it's just staff there. But it allows me to have conversations with staff that has nothing to do with work. So when it's time to have the difficult conversation, you bomb that observation or whatever, it's not that, you know, it's not combative. You know, I've developed that relationship with you. You understand that I am a human being. I like to go do certain things. I'm not a robot. I can have a difficult conversation with you. Um, so those are just some of the tips. We, we ain't gonna give everything away because I definitely want them to come come to you and give uh, some more information um, about that. But th these are some tips that, um, as educational leaders, that you could definitely follow um, and, and build that relationship and rapport with your staff and your community. Um, me and Kareem talked about go set up a table at the the mm -hmm. softball field or the, the baseball field and just have you have any questions come talk to us mm -hmm. and, and have those conversations so there's a whole lot of things that you can do as educational leaders or even as educators in general that extends beyond uh the class a little tough to do that now with covid and everything yeah. i understand it but i'm um, in a normal circumstance it's it's important to build those those relationships and things. Mm -hmm. um you have another book coming out stan told steve did i see that correctly well, it, it came out already. It was, it was um, my latest book just came out in August. It's a this this stand tall leadership. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, my other one was the ideas, ideas, ideas book, and then I had ideas, ideas, ideas rally edition, which talked about developing a uh, which you can't do anymore, which is having an academic pep rally in your school. But mm -hmm. this one, which is stand tall leadership, it's all about you know developing leaders, whether you're a teacher leader, student leader, administrative leader, whatever in education or out of education, that's what this is all about, is just hitting those, those, those leadership pieces and just, you know, making it all you can be. And I've, I've pulled other areas into it. I got Stand Tall Leadership Show. I have my own podcast, the Stand Tall Leadership Show. Um, I have Stand Tall Leader Summit that's coming up, which is a three-day intensive summit for leaders just to, you know, really come out with a Stand Tall Leadership Action Plan. So yeah, I, I stand tall at everything, man. That, that's 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 the brand. That's the brand. You know and where can I mean? they find information if they want to buy the book? You attend the session. Where where can they find that information? Yeah, everything that you want to know is standtall-leadership.com. Standtall-leadership.com. That's everything revolves around the Stand Tall Leadership book. Now, for me, I mean, there's stuff in there you can contact me, but it's standtallsteve.com. That has more of the speaking and the training and the everything like that. Um, you can get the book on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, you know, it's everywhere. Uh, just put in Stand Tall Leadership. But standtall-leadership.com, that's the main hub. You can find out about the uh, Stand Tall Leadership Summit, which I got coming up. It's just, uh, I'm, I'm inviting 10 to 12 um, leaders uh, for an intensive weekend virtual training. Everybody walks out with a Stand Tall Leadership action plan that they can implement their leadership right away. So uh, yeah, just look up Stand Tall Steve for anything. My email is Stephen at StandTallSteve.com. Twitter, StandTallSteve. 
Facebook, Stand Tall Steve. I mean, it's it's Stand Tall Steve everything. Brand it out, baby. Yeah. Jamie, are you getting offended by all these tall comments? <laughs> the fact that you kind of short. I can see. I get to see a lot more from down here than. <laughs> the world looks bigger to you from down there. Yeah, <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> We're gonna switch gears before we get out of here. Have a little bit of fun before we walk up out of here. Um, traditionally, in season five, I have people call up people because it's a little late. We're not gonna do that. So we're gonna go back, Kareem. We're gonna go back to season four and three to ask your traditional question because I don't want you to to lose your army. Okay, I don't. I, I want you to still build your army, and I think having someone six seven in your army might be good because he'd be able to see far, far in the distance for you. you so I'm, I'm going to open the door for you, Kareem, to ask you your traditional question. So, so Steve, being as though that you continue to use the word tall in your brand, would you consider yourself as being like a, a petty person? Because I need someone that's 6'7 to get some rebounds. <laughs> oh, okay. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Petty now. I mean, it's just obvious, man. I mean, I don't blend in. You know, that's the one thing I say about, you know, uh -huh. tall people. We don't, we don't, we don't blend in. You pick uh -huh. us out right away. Uh, no matter what, even if I try to blend in, I can't do it. So, so you're, you're not petty. Is that what you have me believe? Uh, yeah. You go and believe that all you want, man. I, I, I know what it is. I'm embracing my true identity. That's all it is. Huh, Cause I'm trying to figure this out. So administrator, superintendent, teacher, all wrapped up in one. You think outside the box, you go against the grain pretty much of every traditional form of education. You don't think that's a little petty? <laughs> Not even a little bit, man. Not are even you, a little bit. Are you bit. sure? I'm positive. Uh -oh. I'm positive. Uh -oh. So if somebody like Jamie came up with their book to say, uh, you know, I don't know, instead of standing tall, how about uh, standing short, Steve? and copyrighted or kept, it just took everything you created. Instead of saying like ideas, 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 they just said ideas. You would be upset about that? <laughs> oh yeah, that's my brand. I own that, John. You know what, you wouldn't even hear from me. I got lawyer. I got people now actually. Oh, you got people. <laughs> I got do, I got people, I ain't gonna lie, I got people. Oh, so, man. you know what, I would just call up Wait a minute. people and boom, I wouldn't have to worry about it. But wait, Steve. I still show up at her holiday party too. Yeah. Well, don't eat the food because we realize she can't cook. Oh, I ain't good. No, she got a cake. <laughs> but here's the thing, Steve. You you got your start like jacking for beats. Your your ice cube, and you start taking everybody's songs and tearing it into yours. No, uh, I didn't. Nah, all my stuff's original. I mean, I grabbed some people's <laughs> ideas, a few of them told people about it. But yeah, everything I got, it's all original. Stand tall, Steve stuff. It's all original. Stand tall, Steve. It's just like it, like my man was saying. It's you know, a lot of the stuff I say is similar to what he's saying. Mm -hmm. uh, we have our own way of showcasing that. We got our mm -hmm. own way of saying it. That's it. There it is. Mm -hmm. Different brand. See? So, <laughs> one, one, one last um, identifier. Um, so I, I see that you, you have a, a nice ring on there, Steve. Um, would you happen to be married by any chance? Oh, yeah. Married. Huh. Okay. 20, 24 years. You did 24 years. Why you say it like it's a jail bid? <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Yeah, I got 20. Like, he counting down a date. I got 23 and a half. years, baby. No, I'm proud of that, man. You don't, you don't hear that that often, huh. you know? I, I mean, I got married at 23. I was 23 years old. So I'm going to uh -huh. do math. I guess that's right. Yeah. So, yeah, man. 24 yeah. years. Huh. 
Who picked out your ring? I picked this one. Picked I just one? Reached, I just got this one. I just Wait got. I just how'd, got this ring like a year ago. I had another one. How'd so. you slide it off that easy? Like it, it don't fit Steve. What we doing? Nah, man. It, it just slides off real quick. It's all right, man. <laughs> <laughs> when it's twenty four years, bro, it don't matter. It's just like she don't even care. She don't care. I ain't going nowhere. Uh, got a mortgage. I ain't paying that money. I ain't going nowhere. Cause she has people. She got people. Yeah, she, got people. <laughs> she got people. They call my three kids. That's what it is. That's, that's people. That's people. God, that's man. people, man. One more time, see where can they find your information? Oh, you can get me. Stand tall. Everything. Twitter. Stand tall, mm -hmm. Steve. Facebook. Stand tall, Steve. LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Stand tall, Steve. My website, Stephen, uh, is no, my is uh, standtall-leadership.com or standtallsteve.com. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, just hit me up. Um, email is Stephen with the N, S T E V E N, at standtallsteve.com. Jamie, last words before we get out of here. No, again, someone else had said, don't be afraid to think outside of the box and do what you think is, is right for your students. Hopefully, others will see it that way as well. Awesome. Well, I would say that, um, again, Steve, thank you for, for gracing us with, with your presence. Like you do an outstanding job. Thank and you. any future, current, or even past administrators that are, are looking to be able to relight that, that fire within them, to please reach out to Steve, get the books. He's, he's awesome. And, and I'm pretty sure that you'll be able to remember why you actually got into this, this particular field. Awesome, definitely, Steve. Definitely, uh, mm -hmm. you've been a blessing. Thank you so much for uh, being on tonight and spending some time with us. Um, any uh, administrators out there, uh, specifically in South Jersey, um, black male administrators, we have a group for you um, that uh, will share resources and just another way to network. Um, make sure you, you can get in contact with me um, and make sure you get that information out there. Another thing I want to let everyone know, I'm going to give a big, big thank you for those who donated to our toy drive so, uh, so far this year. We have our virtual toy drive for Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. We are already at the $1,600 mark, which is a big thing. Mm -hmm. We're on our way to 2000 so shout out to all those who uh, uh, donated. I know it's not typically what we do, but COVID has forced us uh, to shift gears. They ain't gonna shut down the party because we still mm -hmm. gonna be a blessing to those kids um, in any way, shape, form, or fashion we can. Um, but make sure you check out our toy drive if you can, find it in your heart to donate during the holiday seasons. If it's not with us, donate to somebody. Be a blessing to somebody if you have it. Um, there's people that are out here hurting and there's people that need our support and our love and, 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 and guidance as, as well. So make sure you do that. Um, again, thanks Steve Bowler for being on here. Um, and as always, everybody stay empowered.